So can the camera see below the table? No, it's a good thing because up here, I look pretty professional. Below the table, I look like a hobo. Like usual then? Hello and welcome back to the MC Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Crabtree, and I am joined by my very strikingly similarly looking brother, Caleb Crabtree. Exactly. Almost like twins. We are almost like twins. Um, Caleb, thanks for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. He's a man of many words, folks. This is going to be a really long podcast. Many words and miniature words. Many and many. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you ever been on the podcast? I think I was on an episode of the get, get to know. Yeah, the telling our stories. Telling our stories. Okay. Yeah. So if you uh, if you're interested in knowing more about my brother Caleb Crabtree, you can go back and and hear his story. Um, I have always been in the history of our brothership, which goes back thirty years now. Thirty years. Yeah. This, Just like this past last, last month. month. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty years of brothership, and I have always been the talker. Mm-hmm. And you have always been the not talker. The let you talker. You let me talk. <laughs> this is the way this is going to have to go, though. I'm going to ask you questions, and then you're going to have to answer them. So this is going to be a very okay. backwards phase of our relationship. This will be, it'll be awkward. You'll have to maybe you. ask me in different ways to pull the answers out of me. So I don't know how to answer some of these questions, so I'm hmm. counting on you. That's not, that's not a you're good thing. You're our only hope. Caleb, you in your job at Master's Choice, I don't know what your title is necessarily. Mm-hmm. Chief, Chief of Operations. Chief Operating Officer. But in your job as uh, that, um, you... COO for short. Sure, sure. In that job, you do a lot of work with research and development and yes. and even more work in commercialization of hybrids. Correct. So to summarize for the lovely people at home... Uh, what is the commercial is like? What does commercialization mean? When if I say we are commercializing a hybrid, what does that entail for Master's Choice? Yes, that would be commercializing a hybrid would be going from an experimental, so something that we've thoroughly tested over God knows how many years, and putting it into our commercial lineup for farmers to plant. So that process starts with two inbreds that love each other very much. And then where does it go from there? How many stages Male of development are, are there? Yes. So um, we, we, we call it a 10-stage process. Um, stage one would be making a new hybrid. Uh, and then we'd take that to stage two, which is first year of testing. Uh, if it advances past stage two into stage three, which is more advanced testing, um, and then if it would pass that round of tests to pre-commercial, Stage four. So stage four is pre-commercial. Stage four is pre-commercial. And then stage five would be its first year of commercial availability. And then it would go from five to six, which six is the growth stage. Seven is um, maturity. Eight is decline. Nine is phase out. And then 10 is retired. What a process. What a process. All right. And that's all the time we have. No, I'm just kidding. So how long, how, and tell me in, in terms of years, how long is that commercialization from, from what I call conceptualization, but that would be taking, taking a male and a female inbred through, you know, what I'm going to call, what, what did you say, is stage five is in the lineup? Yep. How many years is it from, from stage one to we're in the lineup at stage five? So the short answer is it depends. 
So it can take um, it can take as little as you aren't in politics, are you? Uh, no. Okay, that's no. a political answer. <laughs> but go ahead. Um, so it can take as little as you know over the winter making the the first initial cross, and then stage two testing, stage three, stage four. It passes all three in in one year each, which is a r- very rare case. Um, so what would that be three years? It could be as fast as three years. That's like the absolute fastest is three years. Absolute fastest is three years. That's probably not very common. It's very, very rare. It it has to be something we're very confident in. Um, typically it's going to take, you know, five, six, seven years. That's a lot of investment to have up front in a product when it hits commercialization. It is. So you're telling the people at home to buy the new hybrids? Buy the new hybrids. Interesting. Return, All right. return on our investment for us, please. So let's let's focus in just a little bit. Then let's dial it back and let's look at um, stage three and four. So we could get Doctor Err in here, and he could really nerd out on you know the mama plants and the daddy plants and not mm-hmm. that whole early stage of the process uh, where you're taking just it's almost a numbers game, right? It's just high volume and high then volume. see the best yep. ones and then filters out. Yep. So by the time we get to stage three, we've got a we've got a hybrid that has some pretty good promise. Yeah, I would think so. Ha- okay, so stage so the experimental program. So if you were one of our dealers, or if you went to a field day and you saw something that saw EXP, MCX um, is the prefix we put on our experimentals now. So if you if an MCX hybrid is out there and you see that at a field day, or if you're a dealer and you put out a plot, uh, those that experimental lineup would cover stages three and four. Correct and, and two, but you and dealers aren't going to see two. There's a lot. That would just be stuff we're looking at internally. Yes. Um, how many hybrids do you do you reckon there are in stage three, four? Uh, I I looked this up just for this Good. podcast, so you're welcome. Um, but stage three, we currently have. I have to find it in my notes. Two hundred no eighty seven. So 87 in stage three. 87 in stage three, which filtered out to eight in stage four. So uh, so you got eight, eight in stage four, and then we don't know necessarily at this point, as of this recording, how many of those will be advanced to commercialization stage five. Correct. But last year, mm-hmm. so these numbers might be skewed a little bit here and there, but we had two that reached. Two, yep. MC, the new MC6070. Um, and then the uh, new MC5850. So I've, I've made this joke before, but probably not to the podcast <laughs> audience. So if, you're, if you were at our dealer training and heard this joke, I apologize for hearing it twice and me <laughs> recycling material. That's, that's lazy of me. But for the podcast audience, I'll, I'll still tell it. Uh, so you're my brother. Yes, correct. And you have three kids. Yes. Those would be my niece. Those would be my niece and my nephews. Yes, and they're they're cool little the cool little dudes. You gals, Gal. they're they're cool little peoples. Yeah, um, and you love them very much. Yes. And the joke that I make is when you talk about sixty seventy, you speak with the same warmth and love and adoration <laughs> that you speak about my niece and nephews. That that may be true. Maybe I'm exaggerating, maybe, but it's a little exaggerating. True. There's a nugget of truth. It's probably the the highest I've talked. Is that a word? Highest? Sure, it is now. Uh, that I've ever talked about a hybrid, and and for good reason. Tell me about sixty seventy. It's a new lineup hybrid. Yeah. Give give the pitch. You know. So um, visually, very pleasing. Uh, looks really good when you see it in the field, and then 
the data also supports that. Um, it was five points over the average in starch digestibility and three or four maybe in uh, fiber digestibility. So this, so, is a, this is a hybrid that has better than average fiber and starch digestibility. Yes. So if you would compare it to 6150, it, uh, on the average, this past year it outyielded it and had better starch and fiber digestibility numbers. And it agronomically solid? Yes, Yielder. agronomically solid. Uh, takes disease pressure pretty well. Um, yields, it's, I call it a super corn. Well, that sounds exciting. <laughs> uh, so you talked about 6070 having uh, advanced fiber and advanced grain digestibilities. So let's backtrack just a little bit here. Uh, as a company that is focused so heavily on silage for both dairy and for beef, uh, mm-hmm. These nutritional qualities are obviously, you know, we've, we, we talk about all the time. These are what separate us from other companies. Um, what point in this process of this commercialization process, at what point do we start testing for nutritional, you know, components? Yeah. So um, on a limited basis in stage three, on the things that we, um, you know, genetic background, pretty confident it's going to be successful. Uh, we'll do a limited basis there, and then full full scale stage four. Um, the the first you know stage two, stage three is is mostly agronomics and yield, making sure it is going to yield with you know our competitors and what's in our lineup currently, and then um, and then you know stage three and a half is what I'll call it in four. Uh, nutrition. That's why you go from eighty seven and stage three down to to eight and stage four. Correct. You're eliminating the hybrids that don't meet the nutritional capabilities. You're saying we're establishing a baseline of it has to meet this agronomically. It has to yield this. Yep. But then for it to hit lineup, you've got to, it's got to have the nutritional. Yep. Precisely. Um, so what do you need to see out of that nutritional testing? Are there certain benchmarks? What, what do you, what is the mechanism for saying, okay, this is acceptable to move through? Like what, what is it? What do you need to see to advance it? So we like to compare it against um, competitors, you know, what's in the mycogen lineup, what's in the decalb lineup, um, uh, Pioneer, um, and also against what's in the MC lineup. So uh, we like to, to test it. We like to test them all together from the same plot so you're getting, you know, uniform data, um, and we'll make decisions based on, you know, what, what's best in that, that plot and then, you know, kind of average out you know, across the country, you know, all, all the plots. So, And what role does the MPG index play in that? So it is a hybrid selection tool that we use. You know, we will run the test, all these tests, which will, uh, you know, be compared to the index scores on average. And, um, you know, obviously the higher ones is what we select for and should correlate to more milk. Backed by a feeding trial even. A little plug it, for the it index. Was, yeah. Um, so we've talked about some data. We've talked about some, some more, you know, objective, subjective, whatever. We've looked at the raw data here. (laughs) We've looked at things that are concrete. Okay. Mm -hmm. Bringing a little more personality and emotion into it. We kind of made the joke about the way you talk about 60, 70 as a, as your kids, um, at what point do you like, you know, like, is there an emotional connection to some of these? Like you've seen them for six or seven years, you've 
invested a lot in them. At what point do you really start to maybe feel excited about one or kind of attach yourself to one and, and maybe kind of cheer for it? Yeah, so it it's hard to get attached to one until it kind of hits stage four because you obviously looking at those numbers, you throw away a lot, you know, each stage. And as, as you should, right, you get filtered down to the best. So when it, when it hits stage four, you're really, really rooting for it, you know, you, you get your favorites based on genetic backgrounds and things like that, seeing it in the field, what it looks like. So you hope that the data kind of back, backs you up. Have there been any that have been cut, cut or cold from the program that you really were thinking were going to like that you were really rooting for? Yeah, yeah, they they have, and we we retest some of those as well to make <laughs> just sure to, just to make sure you're <laughs> make right. sure I'm not wrong. I guess. To make sure I am not wrong. Make sure you're right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, Caleb, as we wrap up, I just kind of have one more question to kind of leave the audience with. We've talked about stage three. We've talked about stage four quite a bit here. These are hybrids that are on knocking on the door of commercialization. Uh, when they reach stage four, they've, they've hit a point where they've had nutritional testing. We just talked about that. Mm-hmm. These are hybrids that are very close to... And, and probably all of them would be silage hybrids that are better than most people's lineup. Yep. But we're whittling them down to the absolute best. Um, a co- only a couple are going to make the lineup every year. When you look at that stage four group, how do they compare to hybrids that are in our lineup already? Maybe some that have been in there for several years, older hybrids. What, is, what are these new group of hybrids look like compared to those? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. I'm glad you're glad. <laughs> That is, it's, it is why we do what we do, right? It's, you know, that constant improvement, you know, making improvements that farmers can see and uh, make improvements to their bottom line. Um, but our, our stage four materials are currently 107% of what's currently in the lineup. Now explain that. Where does that 107% come from? Yes. So that would be a combination of both yield in, in terms of grain yield, tonnage, and nutrition as well. So, um, I mean, across the board, you know, if it's if it's going into the lineup, it's going to be you know improved. And 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 another qualification on that is that is broken down by relative maturity as well. So you know, it it may not be across the board. A new know, 105 day hybrid is going to be 107 percent better than than an, another. Well, it will be 107 percent of right one the 105 that's in the lineup. Right. So. You could maybe speak directly into that camera right there. Look into the camera and tell no, that one, that one, and tell tell uh, potential customers, existing customers, dealers. You know, give them a reason to plant new hybrids. They are improved. I mean, the the data would support that. Um, they are going to make an an uh, improvement on your farm in terms of return on investment. And also, we've put a lot of money into it, and we would like a return <laughs> on investment as well. So. Um, 6070, what was the other new hybrid in the lineup you said? 5850. 5850, good hybrids. Uh, I think in social media and after this episode, we'll follow up with some highlights of those hybrids and some call outs and some, some data. So, uh, as always, if you have any questions about any of these products, you can feel free to contact us. We will give you, uh, all the data that we can pull up, which is usually pretty extensive. So check out the new hybrids. Caleb, thanks for coming and doing the podcast. You know what? You're welcome. You did a good job of, of talking. I, sure. <laughs> well, thank you, podcast audience, for sticking with us. We will be back here in a couple weeks with another episode, so come in and check on that. 
and uh, we'll see you then. Thank you.